everybody, my name is Maggie Delgado and I'm your host here at TV That Made Us. You guys may know me from the Feminist Tea Party on YouTube or mixing it up with Maggie here on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm also the founder and creative director of Pink Leo Productions and you may find all of my previous work in the links down below. As a multimedia producer, I'm always interested in the way that media, especially narrative film and TV, influences culture and society. After a roundtable discussion on sex, love, and relationships on my other podcast, I realized that a lot of what we know, how to behave in life in general, were taught to us by the television that we grew up watching. So, for the next few episodes, my friends and I will be discussing some of our favorite television shows and how they have influenced us as adults. was an eight-season, one-hour-long drama created by Constance M. Burge, produced by Aaron Spelling and Brad Kern, that ran from 1998 to 2006 on the CW, which was formerly the WB. This cult favorite tells the story of the three Hollywell sisters who happen to be the most powerful witches on Earth, known as the Charm Ones. Prue, Piper, and Phoebe possess the power of telekinesis, time freezing and acceleration, premonition, and empathy. These young women not only kicked evil's ass, but also found time to explore their individual careers, romances, and persona. On the show's third season, we lose a sister, Prue, but we gain a half a sister, Paige. This reorganized the dynamics of the show, making Piper the shy middle sister into the strict and powerful older sister, and Phoebe the free-spirited younger sister into a much more mature and responsible middle sister. This change brought new storylines that expanded the Charm magical world as well as the girls' sisterhood. Charm had it all, drama, magic, laughter, as well as heart-wrenching moments. Here to talk more about Charm and our love for the Hollywood sisters is my friend Miguel. Hey everyone, how's it going? Hey Max, thanks so much for having me back here. We have a lot to talk about. Definitely. Let's get started. So... I was actually 11 years old when I first saw Charm. It was in his third season back in uh, 2001. Yeah. Um, so I didn't quite start from the very beginning, but I was 11 years old. And I fell in love with it. I learned so much from it. I learned a lot about life and love um, and family. What about you? When did you discover it and what did you learn from it? Yeah, well, so same here. I actually discovered it in 1998. So, yeah, I feel kind of old, but granted, I was seven years old when that came out. But I learned a lot about family and dedication and courage. Um, but I used to watch it with my sister. And so during that time at seven years old, I didn't quite understand it. Um, but I think that the following years when I, I started getting into it and I kind of fell hard for the Hollowells, like I was crushing hard on them. And um, I was just interested in like the CGI effects and the cool like vanquishing scenes and all that. Um, but I just didn't understand the context and the storyline until like a few years after. Yeah, I mean that show wasn't it wasn't like in our demographic right. at that time. Right. We became friends in college. One of the first things that we discovered about each other was how much we loved this show. Mm -hmm. So we bonded over. And as a writer, um, this show has always been a big influence in, in my storytelling. That's right. Didn't you write a fan fiction before, like a charmed fan fiction? Yes, I did write a <laughs> fan fiction for the show. Um, but you're a writer as well. Do you know? Do you think that the show has influenced you in oh, your yeah. storytelling? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the show has been very influential in my writing. Um, I think even perhaps like a guide in my like in my fantasy writing, um, alongside Harry Potter, of course, you know. I think that one of the reasons Charm was so successful was because of the storytelling. Um, besides having three powerful leading female witches and the magic, um, it was like the character development that really got to everyone watching. You know what I mean? We fell in love for those girls. Definitely the the character development, which we're gonna get into. I feel like that's mm -hmm. like the for us the biggest influence in terms of writing. Right, absolutely. I mean, we witnessed everything with these these women. You know what I mean? We we witnessed um, everything from Piper's wedding and just harried to a death in the family um, and all hell breaks loose. The first baby in the family um, in the day magic died, and I think that one one. And I think that one, ep and I think that another one that really got to me. Um, no, that was not my sense. 
So the what if we use our magic for the personal gain and morality bites. Um, but there are so many great episodes and so many so many great storytelling um, and charmed. Definitely. Um, actually, did you know that... Um, so besides writing fan fiction, I actually wrote um, an article about charm and mm-hmm. the magic um, that it held, not just... The, you know, as a as a fantasy show, but um, as a feminist show as well. The, I actually had this um, Wicca practitioner. Oh, that's so um, cool! You know, reply to my article and and talking about how influential it was, and and then I, through research, found out that a lot of them actually, when the show first came out, were very excited and they had like positive reviews because it represented this. Um, group in society that wasn't a, a, always represented in the good light mm-hmm. and in a normal way because right. they had normal everyday lives besides practicing witchcraft right. it's about having a magical child in a non-magical world someone i won't say who has the insane notion of binding our child's powers why is it insane grams bound your powers when you were a child yes and we spent 20 odd years ignorant about our destiny. I look back on those normal days and I feel like I was a complete and total fraud. I'm not saying hide the truth. It's, it's just growing up is hard enough without the extra burden of having powers. Magic is not a burden, it is a gift. It's a lot for any child to deal with. Plus ours will be doubly magical, half white lighter, half witch. Hey, that's like me. Oh, you might have some trouble. All right, so let's get started talking about the show. I feel like there's three main themes that I want to get to. Okay. Um, one of them is magic rules. So there definitely, obviously, was magic in the show. Um, but like with any fantasy show, they had rules to follow. And um, be- before we get into um, all of the different... Um, kinds of trouble that they created for themselves because of magic um do you have any favorite powers because mine was always telekinesis which is Prue's power do i i definitely feel the same way i think that telekinesis will have been my go-to i think that i will just like summon chips and guacamole (laughs) and just be completely lazy and like sit around um or some type of like teleportation power like traveling somewhere you know like orbing I, mean, I don't know you know i was never a true fan of orbing i think like blinking you remember that oh oh you like so. a demonic yeah, power so i think i'll be like a warlock or something like that so as we were discussing some of the wicca elements they were presented here um even as far as um the first season um in the second season too especially at the beginning of second of the second season um when they started really um learning that they were other witches they they might not have been um powerful witches like they didn't have like power but they learned about um casting more spells and potions um i love the episode um when they are able to um go back in time also this was in the third season actually all hallows eve when they um you know got a glimpse of how things were in the 16th and 1700s right um with melinda what a great to... episode by the way it was it was a great I, I episode that by far this is one of the coolest episodes in charmed yeah, yeah definitely um i don't know if you caught that during that episode um they did this thing which i actually seen in other in other places too which i think is very cool I'm talking about the, the apple peel yes, yes the apple peel when you peel the, an apple um and it curves into a particular letter and that's the first letter of, of your, your love, love. Yeah. Um, Phoebe's letter was C. C. At that time, at that time, it was for Cole, Cole. But at the end of the series, it was for Coop. You know, she ends up with with Coop at the end of the entire series, and I think it was so satisfying for us, the fans, because you know, you have really had to like peep that out that that she was in love with Cole. That was the love of her life, and at the end, it kind of came full circle when she yes. met Coop, the Cupid. You know, she was with Cole, the demon, and then she met Coop, the Coop, the Coop, the Cupid, and um. And yeah, she was in love, and, and that was the love of her life. Yeah. Um, I was actually recently rewatching the first, um, like the first three seasons for like the hundredth time. <laughs> um, and the um, 
the episode when she first meets a Cupid, she's actually they like each other, but they mm-hmm. can't be together. That's very so true. Um, it it actually made me feel a little bit better because I was never 100 um, percent, you know, satisfied with her relationship at the end with Coop. Because mm-hmm. I felt like it just came out of nowhere. Right. Um, but it actually didn't. Like you said, like they did bring those elements back right. from season intru- one and two. Right. It was introduced kind of like very slowly. Very slowly. I think that maybe like the producers or maybe like in the Bible somewhere they had that that you know so people fall in love with a cupid at the very end or I don't know. Right, it was a, it was more of like a, a a gift for everything that she has She's been, been through. through right. Um, and going, she went through hell and back. Let me yes. tell you, physically, they, right, literally. literally. Um, I, I, you know, speaking about um, Phoebe before we get into you know their their love life and their careers um, as sisters. Um, going back to magic, right. I one of the great things about the show and what what it taught me um especially you know uh when i'm when i'm writing my my fantasy um is that there there are rules mm-hmm. um yes they're meant to be broken and there are loopholes but there there are rules to things and there are consequences to everything um with great power does come great responsibility and we learned that very very early on we have like this amazing amazing episode um uh, which is called morality bites I think this is why we were sent back here, to this moment in time. This is where it all started. The first time we used our magic for revenge. But it's just a little thing. It's harmless. Yeah, but once you break the small rules, it's just a matter of time before the big ones are next. A very smart girl once told me that we're supposed to protect the innocent, not punish the guilty. I haven't told you yet. During the episode, we we learned Legit, the best episode I think in yes, Char. Like it yes. was just so fascinating. I don't mean to interrupt you, but it was so fascinating. Look how look how happy I got when I talk about this episode. <laughs> it just literally it takes you to the future. Again, no spoilers here, um, but it actually takes you to the future, and we are like in two thousand and nine, right? Um, and so we got to see where the charmed ones stand in life, and we're just so perplexed with the idea of where they stand you know what i mean um but it was so interesting to see that and the magic the power definitely it it definitely um you know um again it foreshadowed also phoebe's very very strong and magical power not only levitation Mm -hmm. but also her um empath power which we didn't really see um until six season six um but what i really love about the episode is phoebe's um quote you know where she mentions you know um wrong thing done for the right reason is still wrong mm-hmm. uh, our job is to protect the innocent not to punish the guilty goosebumps and, i got goosebumps <laughs> and i i mean you know thinking about it like you know bringing bringing it forward um there's just like certain things that even the most powerful witches can't do right um like yeah. for instance bringing someone back you know from the dead yes which was another um their deal with death um has played in a few episodes um but i think the most impactful one was um death takes a hollywell mm-hmm. um when prue um really blames death for for taking away her mom um and she tries to stop the death of of this in, of this innocent um inspector i think it's a cop or an inspector um and death says look it was his time to go right. like whether you do whatever you have to do it's time to go um yeah yeah. yeah but i also think that in a more personal sense uh even death takes a, a part in in the charmed one's life when prue well not only did the, their mother and their grandmother also pass away but something so personal and so close like prue the eldest sister the strongest sister you know getting killed by chacks you know what i mean that is also it goes it, it displays that you must continue living by the rule and that the rule is that you cannot beat death you know what i mean and so we see that in all hell breaks loose um when she's she's brutally kind of killed by shacks Mm -hmm. right um definitely i i think that um it it brings back the point that they're not invincible correct they are still you know just young women they happen to be um having these magical powers but they're not invincible and that also every decision has a consequence which right. i think you know we 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 see that from 
from from the get go. But right. in that particular episode, it was it was Phoebe's decision, you know, right. to to whether stay or not um, um, in the underworld. Um, and and we're gonna talk a, a lot more about like Phoebe and everybody's personality. All right, and so that kind of reminds me about what I've learned about magic through Charmed, and I think is that not everything always has a solution. And it's kind of weird because, you know, you have these these magical witches, you know, with all these powers and stuff, yet they can't do something so so simple as make money. You know, right. like, like create money out of thin air or, um, you know, bring someone back from the dead or find love, you know what I mean, real love. Right. You know what I mean? There was always... Without consequences. Right, there right? was always a consequence. And I think um, in that same episode, Morality Bites, they do look at the book and they see that they have created these personal gain, which was, that's like the one of the biggest theme in the show. Who made one to be bad? I don't know. No. How do you explain the scrying then? And the fact that he makes potions and has your powers. Talk about your personal gain consequences. Who's the gain? I am so tired. If I hear those two words again, I tell you what. Nevertheless, it's there for a reason. All right, so we already know all of these Wiccan rules, but these Wiccan rules wouldn't be so much fun if it wasn't for the sisters that we love so much. We've been talking about them as witches, but they're actually human beings as well. Which sister do you identify with more? Which one is your favorite sister? Do you have one? Damn, this is hard. I think that, <laughs> you know what? I love my girls equally, okay? But Phoebe has always, I think, resonated with me. Because I am the youngest of three, and I'm at times very like liberal and free spirited. But I think that you know, as I get older, I think I've become more like worrisome or more like cautious, like Piper. And at times, I think more confident, like Prue. I think we left Paige out, but I love their enthusiasm. <laughs> um, no, but I think that I learned a little bit from everyone. But I think that by far, Phoebe is definitely my favorite sister, my favorite witch. My girl. How about you? I I actually go the opposite of you because I'm actually the oldest. Mm. So I, I've always identified with Piper. But when I started to rewatch the series and watch the first three seasons, I really identified with Prue. Um, she's a natural born leader. She right. was um, determined. She always wanted... She was kind of like their mom. Mm -hmm. And I often felt like that um, growing up with a younger brother and, and raised by a single parent as well. Um, that I needed to be like that other extra extra hand mm -hmm. um, with Piper. I'm just very neurotic, just like she is. Like I worry a lot. Mm -hmm. I I also you know I like her as a mom as well. Like she's not like the perfect mom. Let me tell you something. I don't think I've cried as much as I I have done as as when the both times that Piper died, one oh in God. Awaken and the other one in um, All Hells Breaks Loose. Oh my God, um, yes. Those got to me. But I think... Wait, that, that, one, that one part when Piper goes, my, my, I'm cold. Remember yeah, that? Oh, I'm, I'm cold. cold. Oh my God. Um, Waterworks. Yes, definitely. Um, yes. Talking about it, we're actually playing um, clips of it um, uh, on TV and there's that scene where she's actually... Crashing, in, yeah. Crashing down funny um but um when it comes to phoebe i think that as i'm getting older and i dealt with like you know my small romances here and there mm -hmm. um and heartache i can let phoebe like that to me i i have i never watched the episode when she kills cole and not cry like mm. I, I, th that that scene when they're all three are in the bed and they're all crying about him um that to me i can't i i've always cried so i i for a very long time it was piper um i think i think a mixture of piper and phoebe just because phoebe and 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 her romances i think like she's been very unlucky in love and i feel at my stage in life as a 27 year old <laughs> woman in new york um you are phoebe yes <laughs> i am, i am phoebe and then phoebe. i and then you know like i i'm meant to like write about love but not really have it unvanquished somehow and since we don't have the book of shadows we're gonna have to remember the spell together i'm conferencing phoebe phoebe are you there at&t power of three okay wait, wait 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 wasn't that it the power of three will set us free as, as we talk about, you know, our favorite sisters, we must talk about them as as young women. And I think what the show did really well was 
create this balance between the witchcraft and the witch part and then the human part. Um, every single episode not only pushed forward their magical world and their magical tale, but it also pushed forward their careers, their love life, and then them as just people. You know, rewatching the show one more time just for this podcast, their career aspect, like they went through a lot. And, and, and then it makes me feel not so bad about where I yes. am in life. You know what? I think that we are we are at that verge of like where they were taking their career changes and all that. Right. 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 Because like, let's start with with Prue. Right. So she was like the successful like oxen lady, right? Yes. What was she like a historian? She was kind of like a historian, and um, she was really successful. Like, yeah, she was, she like, was really good. Tea with a CEO, and like they were like friends, and they were you know doing doing their thing. But then she kind of transitioned, and she was like, you know what? I'm actually a artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? I am an, a, a photographer, and she was going somewhere with it before her tragic death. But right. um, she was actually ending up in in the magazines. Yeah. Um. I think um, similarly to to Paige, because like for example, like Paige, she was a social worker, right. but then she had like this hidden talent. She had like this beautiful voice, right? Um, and um, with Prue, that that episode um, when they talk about um, luck, mm-hmm. remember where we have where we see um, a dark lighter for the first time. Yes. We also um, saw that Prue actually dealt with um, depression. depression. Um, and it was all captured through her photograph when mm-hmm. she was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, with with Piper, I think she was the one that dealt with a lot in career in the beginning because she had, you know, this this asshole she of was, a boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she was doing something that made her unhappy. And um, when she finally quit and she wanted to open up her own restaurant, she was like, "Well, restaurants are really tricky so let me open up a nightclub a nightclub p3 p3 and she never 100 percent um wanted to do that that's why it was very great that um at the very end of the last episode she got her little restaurant she got her little restaurant you know um so they never really got to to fulfill to fulfill their their thing during the show i think the most successful one was phoebe even though she started off with like a college dropout. She was a college, college dropout. dropout, and then she did everything in the books. She yes. was even like a a, a false, like a full genie. You remember that? Yes, episode? yes, yes. <laughs> she like dressed up and she tried to use her magic, but then it backfired. Um, she's done everything in the book, right? Yeah, she was like into like real estate. She helped um, cater the catering business. Business remember? with Piper, and then she was also um, she helped Prue. She was like an assistant to Prue for a little bit mm-hmm. as well, um, and um, you know. Uh, Paige went through the same thing when she was doing the, her temp jobs, and oh, that's yeah, how she the, would find the dog walker, the dog walker, ah, and like episode. at the factory and everything. Um, and then how she met Richard because she was, you know, doing um, like healthcare aid to uh, an elderly woman. Yeah. So and then she became well, she actually became um, the principal of magic school. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. So she she was successful as a charm one, right? Yeah, definitely. And they always you know for example for a very long time the only man in the house was leo and leo didn't make any money the yeah, breadwinner was right. piper and that was so beautiful to see I yeah. think, during that time because it was a time where that was not really spoken about the, the the breadwinner was the man you know what i mean and to actually see three women living together and being the breadwinners while leo's like fixing yeah. fixing um what is it like the yeah he was like a handyman handyman and stuff you know like that was cool it was it was, it was interesting to see a, a change in roles you know yeah we also got to see um and this goes into our next topic not you know that i'm not going to talk about quite yet but um we because of their careers we also got to see like other women in their careers as well um we you know watching um the gypsy episode we saw you know there was like a a, a, a woman a woman doctor, doctor yeah. um we also um with phoebe you know obviously elise um who plays a, a major role um in the in season six and seven with phoebe um and and we learned a little bit about her life as well mm-hmm. you know um but i think that they got all of this because they grew up without a dad right. you know which uh, to me there's an episode called, I, be, I believe it's called um, Ice Cream for Ice Cream. Ice Cream for Ice Cream. Ice Cream yeah. for Ice Cream. Um, I, and this is another reason why I, I identified with Prue at the very, very beginning because she was very reluctant to, inc- you know, bring her dad back into her life after he left. And right. 
as it was hard for her. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. as I have a very similar life story, and so their little, you know, kind of like dad issue in a way. Like they all had daddy issues because then, like Paige at the very end, um, when she met Sam, she didn't a hundred percent relate to him either. Right. Well, Paige had mommy daddy issues, step daddy issues. Yeah, step-mommy. she had everything. Yeah, she had a book. lot of issues. Yeah. Um. But so it wasn't that surprising if you think about it that we have Piper as the breadwinner and we had these three, you know, strong women um, taking care of business um, to the point where like their kids all have their, you know, the woman's last name, for mm-hmm. example, which, um, you know, Graham's always insisted on taking, you know, owning the house, doing everything. Like I remember when, you know, and I think it was in the eight, in the eighth season or the seventh season when. Um, actually in the seventh season when they were facing Zanku that they wanted to have um, Leo actually be um, they wanted to put the name of the house under Leo's name in right. case they died right. and, and all of that stuff wait Paige you can't just leave yes I can I don't live here Paige what look you can't keep running away from these things that's what we're trying to tell you being a witch is not a part time job yeah well if I don't leave now I'm not going to have a full time job Paige, the charmed ones come first. The charmed ones come first. It always worked when Prue said it. The the change that happened with with Piper um, as she became the older sister because I feel like that really made the show. Like the fact that the actress was also able to make that transition as well. You know, I think that it took a toll on her. Obviously, you know, at first she didn't know where she belonged. You know, and she was always she mentioned she was always a middle sister. You know what I mean? She was always a mediator between her troubled little sister and her hard headed older sister. So she kind of like was the balance of both. Um, and then when the roles were changed, I think that she didn't have another choice but to just kind of pick up, you know, the mantle and just carry on from that from that path. Um, Prue was the eldest and the strongest, and I think that that was passed on to Piper. Um, and I think her her powers also evolved during that time. Um, she grew the ability to of combustion, so she was able to ac- accelerate the molecules and um, blow things up. Um, so, and that was also tied in with her emotions. So she learned a lot, and we we learned a lot about Piper. Definitely, I and I think that what's interesting is that she was the one that had always been the most reluctant to yeah. this lifestyle, yeah. this magic lifestyle. From the she inst- always resented yeah. it. From the instant Phoebe opened the Book of Shadows, she was like, what are you What are you doing? What did you just do to us? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, and obviously it plays in, in every single season. There's always an episode where like they they have the, they question, the chance. Yeah, they question their... Um, their heritage and being witches exactly. and all that. And... and Piper is the first one to be like, hey, you know, if we don't have to do this, I, I'm, I'm cool with that as well. So it was very interesting for her to like take the lead and be the lead witch when she was the one that was so reluctant to, um, to the craft. You know, speaking about Piper being reluctant to, to things, I, I love. I think one of my favorite episodes, um, I believe it was during season five when they face Barbus for like the third or fourth time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, you know, that Piper's fear is the fear of being happy. Yeah. Um, that to me, that got to me as well. I felt like I was a little, like I related to Piper in that sense. Um, just because, you know, every time you're, she was happy, she couldn't accept it. Mm-hmm. Cause she's like, as soon as I'm even, even if I just say that I'm happy, like something bad is going to happen. Right. Something always happens. So I relate to that kind of neuroses um, of 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 Piper. What did you think about about Phoebe? Phoebe is your favorite character, and mm-hmm. I think that she, to me, one of the things I love about Phoebe is that she is still Phoebe. Like she's still bubbly. She's still funny. She still has like a quirky way of going about things. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't always follow the book. Yeah. Um, she. Even to the very end, you know, she um, she even misuses her power and she got them taken away. Like she right, right. she was still learning. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then her whole thing with love and Cole really mature her. I think that throughout the entire show, again, I love all, all these sisters. But I think that Phoebe's character arc was so well 
developed and it just established from the very instant we meet her. So we get this girl who comes from New York to San Francisco, back going back home, um, and she's just curious about everything. You know, and then she finds the attic and then she finds the book of shadows and like she's in love with witchcraft. And then we see her transition into kind of like womanhood. And then she starts questioning being a charm and magic and all this, everything in between. Right. Um, and then like her career starts happening and then love, which plays a big role in her. Life. I think she's like the biggest lover in the entire yeah. series. And it was really awesome to see her go through horrible times in love because it goes to show that it happens shit happens you know you're gonna go through these like heartaches and these issues and these problems but you're gonna be fine it's so funny because it's forbidden for a cupid to fall in love and for him to fall in love with phoebe who has been going through so much in love and everything like you said earlier it was rewarding it was like the elders rewarded her with this love you know what i mean i i just have to point out here in my notes i have that um all of the hollywells dated a demon or a warlock yes. except prue um but they all had Wait, didn't she get married with um that well but she didn't date him like that was right. all you know it's not like she you know she liked him or something no but we can't live together forever what do we expect to be 60 years old and still be sharing clothes and a cat well, now that you put it that way, no. I don't want to live with you anymore. <laughs> I also have here independence and codependence. I mm -hmm. think um, you recently, you know, sort of recently um, moved out and you were the youngest. Um, and how how was that? Because like, I don't know if you, if you caught, but like in the show, they've tried to move out like several times and yeah. it just doesn't work. They always kind of, come, back, come together. back together they have this kind of not only through magic but just like as sisters they become kind of codependent yeah. co-reliant on each other and yeah. then um you know during the eighth season finally everybody like leaves Takes the manor except yeah. you know piper yeah um what are you asking like did you when you saw like um well because we were younger then but like um the whole like codependence of siblings that, that we have with each other. Oh, with each other? Yeah, I think that I don't know. I feel like my well, my sisters moved out. I think my, my eldest sister moved out first. And I was like, where is she going? And why is she gonna leave us? Like, how dare she leave us behind? You know what I mean? It was almost like if I was I felt betrayed. Yeah. And then um then when my sister, my middle sister, when she got married it's like, this bitch going to leave me too? <laughs> I'm like, damn, what am I going to do with mom and dad? Um, but there's this level of, of comfort, you know what I mean? Like, that's what you grow up next to. So you feel like this level of, you know, ease, knowing that when I get home, even though I might not talk to them, because, you know, you're a teenager or whatever, but just know that knowing that you have someone there familiar, um, there's definitely a level of co-dependence that kind of kind of happens. And I think that in Charmed, it was portrayed from the from the beginning, you know what I mean? Like they were they were they were actually living separately in the first episode. Remember again, Phoebe was in New York, and then they had to move into the manor, but they were they were not living there in the first episode. Um, you remember that P Piper and Prue? Yes, but Prue was thinking about moving, moving out, out right. you know, just a few months before, and then Piper also she had. Um, they her and prue had a, a timeshare uh, right right know. they had like an apartment they, they had, had an, an apartment. apartment um so they were roomies um but then after that um even when even when piper gave birth to wyatt she was still living there and all the girls were still living there as well yeah um and even to the very end like even when sanku came into the picture right weren't they living together I want to say that at one they, point they were like still I, together. Yeah, they were they were still they, they were still very much together, which begs the question: How did everybody fit there? But yeah. um, they they were living together. Um, I think also um, something about you know going back about codependence. I think that everybody had like something that they were great at as well, so they kind of needed each other. 
Um, right. I have here, um, I feel like Phoebe was like the best at writing spells from the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. Page um, with the potions. Pa Piper and Paige with potions. I think I said Prue was very strategic. She yes. was like, she was the planner. Um, and, and Paige was just very knowledgeable. Like she actually took the time to she had the time also because she was the youngest to read, and to go read. The book of yeah to go through the book of shadows sometimes you know then she indexed the book she indexed the book <laughs> um but she was also like when when something you know came to be she always kind of knew mm -hmm. um she was, knowledgeable, yeah. she was very knowledgeable um about the about the craft yeah definitely i mean look at the track record as hallowells we are blessed as witches and we are cursed as women did you know that in 2006, Charm became the longest running all-female lead drama series? And it wasn't until Desperate Housewife that they, that they held that title. Awesome. Remember, all of the other male co-stars, there were always a guest star. Yeah. Morality Bites, if you go back and watch the, the opening credits, they had to fill it in with other things. So like with other scenes from with the show. With other scenes from the show for the three sisters, yes. Because they, they, they didn't have any like guest you know, they didn't have any like male co-stars or anybody. Um, um, later after that episodes, they, they had Dan, the guy who plays Dan oh, right, um, right, in yeah. the second season. Interesting. Yeah. How many times have I told you men are utensils? You use them, wash them and throw them in a drawer until you need them again. Miguel, one of the many issues I have with the charm reboot is the description that they gave it. They mm -hmm. said that it's the feminist charm, right. which implies that the original show wasn't feminist. And I have a, bit of an issue with this and i'm so glad that um holly actually you know pointed pointed out that charm was and still is one of the most you know women empowered shows i once saw this uh youtube channel i don't know why i torture myself like this but um the youtube channel the youtuber was talking about um how you know charm wasn't feminist enough because you know the three women were desperate for love and dating and they had um, a different men each week mm -hmm. and which first of all it was wildly inaccurate um and second of all um because they had other things they had they talked about their careers they talked about you know um their family their heritage and all of those things but even if it was even if they did have um, a different man each week even mm -hmm. if they were you know dating around which they did you know in the first couple of seasons what was so wrong with that like i feel like we you know we give so much credit to you know other other shows like for example like two and a half men who ran for such a very long time and this guy literally was like a sex addict mm -hmm. who was rich right and you know treated women horribly mm -hmm. and yet you know he was okay but these three young women who were by the way in their early 20s um dating was like a really big of an issue for this youtuber um i i want to dedicate this section to charm being a feminist show and mm -hmm. being um an empowered show at least for me it was and it was again i i use a lot of their the way that they portrayed women in my writing mm -hmm. not you know we talked about them being witches and, and you know and and the magic of the show we also talked about how their human life, you know, their careers, their loves, their persona. What do you think about the show? And, and, and so I think that the show portraying these powerful women, yes, they used to wear, you know, sexy stuff here and there. But that's besides the point. That's all for like, you know, for ratings and stuff like that. But behind all of that, it was about the storytelling of these strong women. You know, I do have an issue with the feminist uh that quote that um the cw um released about mm -hmm. the show that statement about what the, the new show the reboot is all about yeah i actually have the quote right here um they say they say this uh is a fierce funny feminist reboot of the original series it hurts me to to hear that um especially when to me charm was one of the first it, I mean, besides Taylor Moon, I think it was like the first right. feminist show that mm -hmm, I watched. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Also, um, it's a matriarchy. Like they get their power from their mom. Um, yes. They're all women. And not only that, but they obviously talk about other things besides men. Um, and 
I like that um, even from the very beginning, we do talk about periods. We talk about sex. We talk about single motherhood. We talk about divorce. Um, there was a, a um, an episode when they talk about like how they each have like a different personality when they get their periods, which I like. <laughs> yeah. um, they talk about sex. You know, uh, you know. Uh, I just saw this um, this episode Ex Libris where yes. um, you know it's Piper and Leo's like sexy date, mm-hmm. and you see Prue going no no set no sex without safe sex. Right. Um, Phoebe says a lot. You know, I had like a lot of sex, a lot of safe sex. Right. Um, uh, they, you know, one of the first episodes uh, when Prue first sleeps with Andy, and she comes home, and it's very unlike Prue to you know, do like the walk of shame. Right. Um, Phoebe's like, well, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed of anything. Like, it's just natural. And she's like, I am not ashamed. Mm, like, I'm not ashamed powerful, of anything. Right. <laughs> you know, she is a single woman. There, right. We're all single. Right. Um, and it was like during that stigma of like what a woman should be. And you know what I mean? Like a woman was just supposed to be kind of still submissive during that time, right? As we, Yeah, and obviously, like, as we said, you know, they keep their last names when they get married, when they, like, hit the point about marriage was when um, Phoebe discovers Graham's ring um, oh, yeah. that Cole gives to her. Um, and it's an episode that I talk a lot about because um, Graham's puts a curse on the ring, and it's all about how when women get married, they lose themselves. And actually... Um, when my cousin got married, I wrote on a book, I wrote it to her. I was like, I don't want you to lose yourself. Mm, like, um, you know, you yeah. can do whatever you want, but you, 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 you have to stay true to who you are. Um, and that was a, a fear of Phoebe's. And, um, yeah. I love that that's something that we can all relate, relate to. to. I, if anything, I wish that there was more, um, female villains. Like, I think the, the greatest one, um, was definitely the seer. She was so cunning oh, and yeah. great and powerful. Was, uh... So, um, besides talking about like period sex and single motherhood and divorce, um, the show actually had like two very kind of in your face feminist episode. One of them was called, um, what, one of them was about, uh, remember like the episode with Lady Godiva? Um, oh, yeah. And the breastfeeding, which was called the Bear Witch Project. Yes. And um, it had the whole issue about um, Piper breastfeeding in public and mm-hmm. her getting kicked out of a restaurant because of it. Um, so we have that one. And then we also have Battle of the Hexes um, in season eight. Again, not my favorite season, but it's about this magical belt that turned the sexes against each other. Um, and lastly, one of the last things I'm going to say about um, the show and, and, and feminism is the fact that. Um, besides Rose, um, all of the actresses were producers, um, of the show. They became executive producers of the show. Um, and then Shannon also directed, um, I believe it was two episodes and one of them was, um, All Hell Breaks Loose. Mm -hmm. Um, as I was watching, especially, you know, the first three seasons, you see a lot of, um, um, Constance, also the creator of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, she was an executive producer and, but she was also, she also wrote, some of my favorite episodes, including Miss Hellfire. So um, you can see like influences of, of feminism through like just like the general writing. Like it wasn't just like these three powerful actresses. There were women behind the scenes as well. So bringing it back to feminism, the reason why I'm so upset with what um, the CW is stating about what the show, the new show is supposed to represent is because for me, as a as a man, and you know, watching the show, the, show, the show very early on as a, as a child, and then becoming an adult and watching it, Charm has always been a show about sisterhood and about being a woman and the duality of like kicking serious ass and fighting for love if you wanted to. At the end of the day, as a lot of you may know, a lot of uh, big fans, we've been dealing with the Charm reboot. For a while now, there's been different different kinds of reboots that were thrown off in there. But the one that has been sticking around has been um, this new one by the executive producers behind Jane the Virgin, which, by the way, is an it's a great it's a great show. Um, the new storyline follows the, the these three sisters, um, and we're gonna get into their last name too because it <laughs> changes um, as they discover that they're powerful the powerful charm ones. Though the show seems like they will have a very diverse cast and modern storyline with women being feminist activists and everything in between from the trailer the fans nor the original cast are happy with the changes let's start with 
with what do you what do you think about this? Here it is. The moment I've been, <laughs> I've been is it is even waiting the whole episode I've been waiting to this whole entire episode yeah. to talk about this. Okay, so the reboot. Um, so I I see. Okay, first of all, I'm very very proud in a way that we are resurfacing Charmed because it is definitely time. I think it's been like what twelve years. Um, so like a decade and some change. It's definitely time to revisit that world and that bubble. However, here's where things get a little tricky. I feel that the way that they're going about it is just it seems forced. It seems like they didn't watch I mean, we're going off of just a little little snippet trailer, like a three minute trailer of like the first episode technically. That's all they portrayed. Um, but from what it looks like, it seems just like they have no knowledge of what Charmed was. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense to you? Yes. Yes, it does. They, and it's mostly the actresses' comments on the show. Okay, that's a different, a different thing. They don't even support the original show. Right. They don't even, like, you know, validate that Charm was here. In the, like, I, why are you jumping on, basically, like, why, why are you jumping on a, a, a story or a business that you don't understand or that you don't believe in? You get what I'm saying? Like... If it was me, I would be so happy, so glad, and so like you know, proud of being part of of a legacy like this. I'm gonna start off with saying one of the things that I liked I like about the new one is that they are at least trying to have more people of color within the show because I personally understand and know as a fan of the show, mm -hmm. I can admit mm -hmm. that they lacked in that department. Yes. However. We are in 2018, and by just having somebody say, oh, well, I'm Latina, is not enough anymore. And right. if you're coming as a producer from Jane the Virgin, there better be some, you know, Española allá adentro. Logico. There better be some Spanish oh, casting bueno, spells. Of course. I feel that, you know what, you can be Latino all you want, but are you? Like, are you, is that your culture? You know what I mean? Do you express yourself in that way? You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're selling the story now of these three Latina witches. Yeah, are they? You know what I mean? Right. At the very beginning, one of my biggest issues was that they were saying, well, this is going to be like the Latina charm. And even though the actresses all have um, some sort of Latin descent, like one of them is half Mexican. The other one is just described as Afro-Latina. I don't know where, like what her roots are. Um, and uh, the other one um, is a descendant of Puerto Rico. Just by saying that somebody is Latin, like you can't just put that there and be like, oh, I met my quota because now right. I have a Latino show. Right. Um, I know that they might do something really great because I I believe I really like Jane the Virgin, like the, the, sh the show that came right, before. Right. Um, and, and the storylines are, are, are great, like storytelling-wise is great. Um, but from the trailer, we don't get any of that. We don't None. get them speaking Spanish. We don't say anything. And also their last name, one of the biggest issues that I had was that um, even though these actresses were Latina, their characters were not Latino. So they were passing as white characters. And their last name um, was Pruitt. Pruitt. Like, they were like the three Pruitt sisters. Now they changed the it to... Have you met a, a Pruitt, a Latino Pruitt? I know, right? Or like, <laughs> are they going to say like maybe their mom is Latina? So then they took their, their dad's half, name right. so like right and now they actually changed it to vera vera yeah um and which i still feel some type of way about that last name yeah i still i i don't know i felt like i don't know they, they just didn't know what to do um the other thing is that they one of the sisters is now gay mm -hmm. and even though i approve of the storyline i think it will be really really interesting um they are making the 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 sister that has like a, a similar characteristic to piper right um be um uh somebody who who's gay um i they ha there was no hint of this in the trailer at all so all of these things that we're getting are are kind of like descriptions and spe speculations and um what they've been telling us but none of that were was portrayed on the in the trailer the other thing is that even though they're going to be latinas what do you mean by that? Are they going to be Puerto Ricans? Are they going to be, you know, like in Jane the Virgin, um, I believe they're from Venezuela, right? And they and they, they talk about it. Um, what, you, you can't just blurt out, I'm Latina. I'm going to ask, right. what, what kind, what of, kind, of, Latina what kind of Latina are you? Um, are they going to talk in Spanish? Are they not? Um, are they going to have some sort of, um, you know, part of uh, 
you know, Latin American culture um, does have witchcraft in it, is that going to be represented? So there's all of these other logistics that you can't just be like, I'm going to have a feminist diverse show and then give us something that is like lacking in the two departments that you supposedly right. portray. Right. I feel like, yes, yeah, so the show is definitely progressive in certain aspects. Like, yes, LGBTQ, perfect. Uh, there's a character that falls in that category. Um, a a um a black character, right? A, a, a character of color, right? Mm-hmm. We have that. Then we have Latinos, perfect. But then it's like, okay, so where's the culture? So where is you know what I mean? Like, don't tell me that they're exactly. Latinos and we're not gonna see them act a certain type of way, you know? And it's not cool to generalize, you know what I mean? Like we can't, we can't. That's kind of ignorant. I know, I like, know. But, but, you know, it's like a but. You know, like, you have to think about it this way. Most Latinos have certain type of stereotypes, and we should see some of it. I think that they're still thinking about it. That's what I think it is, because the fact that they changed the, the last, last name, name. From Pruitt to Vera. Yeah. It's like, first of all, somebody mentioned, like, hey, that's not a, that's Latino, not a Latino last, last name. name. Um, second of all, even if it was, like, um, uh, the mom's maiden name, um, if they are going to go through, you know, charm as, as like a matriarchy, as a, as a feminist matriarchy, they have to have their la- their mom's last name. We needed more people of color in the show. We had um, uh, Daryl who, who played a cop right. throughout the series. Um, but um, one of the besides having more people of color, if they are going to be inclusive, I want the CW to really. Give it a chance because I feel like um, even though um, Charm is a cold favorite and it had a lot of following and a lot of viewership, it is widely known that the CW, the WB, didn't give Charm um, what they deserved in terms of, you know, not only praise but also resources. Um, it's widely known that they had, a, you know, a very, very small budget and mm-hmm. that contributed to not only you know, um, some of the cheesiest, you know, special effects, but also um, some of the changes to the storyline, including um, some of the changes that they did to Phoebe's powers. Like Phoebe didn't levitate after a while. Like that was due to budget cuts. And I I I was watching a panel where they were talking about that, um, about, you know, how um, the the actor who played Daryl, like he was cut off of season eight just for the same reason because they had a budget cut. Um, they cut off Leo for the season for season eight, most of it, um, also for the same reason. So I hope that you know they do they they give them a, an actual chance. I want to you know really thank you, Miguel, for spending some quality time with me and talking about charm. Because let me tell you guys, we do this legitimately all the time without any mics no mics needed we just talk a storm exactly (laughs) um and i want to thank you guys all for listening i really enjoyed this first episode i really want to continue and move forward and do a couple of more episodes and hopefully you guys will stick around for this journey um i have uh, you know if you are a 90s kid like me you can expect more shows uh you know I want to do one on Sailor Moon. I want to do one on Digimon. I want to do one on, you know, Supernatural also, which came right after Charm. And it's such a huge impact on me. Um, For me, Charm has always been, you know, uh, a bit of like a, the mark. And, you know, when I started writing and when I started creating, I had Charm in mind. And it's a very influential show. Um, I write about it. I talk about it a lot. and if you're here, it's probably because of the same reason. Absolutely. Um, it has but, shaped your life in some shape or form. Yes, definitely. And so um, hopefully I'll, I'll, you guys will join me in um, getting to know some of the other shows that really have influenced um, us and my generation, basically. Yeah. So stick around.